from the hosts that brought you to Coding Westworld and Westworld the Recapables comes the Ringer Prestige TV podcast on Westworld. I'm Joanna Robinson. I'm Danny Heifetz. And I'm David Shoemaker. Welcome to Westworld Season 4 in the Prestige TV Podcast feed, where we're going to break down every episode of Westworld Season 4. Every Monday, the day after the show comes out on the Prestige TV Podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, but get them on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, and it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello, and welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. It's the final countdown, people. On Monday night, The Bachelor is back. We embark on our journey with Gabby and Rachel, and of course, Jesse Palmer. I'm very excited. Callie and I will be there Monday nights. I'll be back on Thursdays with the B-sides. You know, mix it up with different guests, other ringer people. Super excited. But in the meantime, I want to use this final Thursday of the off-season to talk to a reality TV luminary. His name is Lon Gale. He is currently doing a lot of things. He has two shows on the air right now. One is F-Boy Island Season 2 on HBO Max, coming soon, I think like next week. And the other is the one that got away on Amazon Prime. So he has so much to say. We are going to get into all of his thoughts about reality TV and what makes a great dating show versus a relationship show. Um, It was a really fun conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. And I'll be back with Callie on Monday night. Today's podcast is a long time coming. It includes it's a guest of whom i dm'd creepily several times you're definitely familiar with his work he is the executive producer of amazon the one that got away hbo and hbo max's f boy island the one and the only elon gale elon welcome how are you i am so much better now that now that i'm here the anticipation <laughs> has been killing me like you said years in the making and here yeah. we are we finally get to do this so I'm, believe it or not, as, as I, I sound monotone always, but like, this is me at like a nine. <laughs> what gets you to a 10? Oh, shit. Uh, oh, my God. Can I, can I curse? Yeah, of myself? course. Yeah. Okay. What gets me to a 10? A really good sushi. 
That's the only thing. This is a, as excited as I can get without eating. What's your go-to sushi spot? Here in LA? Yeah. I live in the Valley, so like, there's a lot of options. I like Brothers. I like Shin. Um, when I'm feeling fancy, uh, Ginza and Adara on the West wow. Side. Um, okay. But like, you know, just like, I just, I just you know, Postmates some Katsuya. <laughs> Postmates the Katsuya. Got, you know, I also like, this is, I, I, I know you don't really, like, I like Whole Foods Nigiri. Oh, I like Whole Foods Sushi too. I it's like a, it. It's a good lunch option. I couldn't agree more. The brown uh, why rice. Why do we have good. to? Yeah. Why do we have to pretend that everything <laughs> has to be perfect? I do a different podcast called Food News, and I talk about Whole Foods so often. You'd think I'm sponsored by Amazon, but I'm can not. I? Can I come on that podcast? Yeah, sure. It's only thirty okay. minutes. That's part of the appeal of it. That I don't know why great. I felt like you had to know that, but anyway, Alon, <laughs> you're in a reality television producer. I have just so many questions. How did you get into this field? Super accidentally. Um, I was working on a horror script, uh, mm. co-writing a horror script 15 some years ago with the with Coolio, the rapper. And he and I... Uh, Dangerous became, Minds is Coolio? That's right. Dangerous Minds is Coolio. Fantastic Voyage. Um, and he somehow got in touch with me. I was working as like a, I don't know, I was working as like an unpaid writer, like an unemployed writer who was trying to make it. And I ended up uh, going over to, we, we would kind of like start writing every day at his house. And he just had no interest in writing. He loved cooking. And so I would go to his house, wow. I'd drive over okay. and I would say like, okay, let's sit down with the old laptop. And he'd say, okay, I just have to go cook for like three and a half hours. Um, and so I'd go and hang out <laughs> with him in the kitchen. And eventually, like after maybe a three or four months, I was like, why are we making a horror show? Let's make a cooking show. And so we, and he was like, okay, that sounds cool. And so uh, we got a little investment from a startup. They, they wanted to do a thing no one heard of called a web series. I was going to say, so, did this go on YouTube? It sounds like great YouTube content. There was a thing called My Damn Channel back in the day. And wow. they gave us the money. We shot it in my friend's kitchen in Rancho Cucamonga. Oh my um, God. How workaholic we that It was Amazing. really... <laughs> and we ended up... Uh, we ended up making this little show. It, did, it was really fun. And it was all like very DIY. And then suddenly uh, Oxygen made a mm. show with him called Coolio's Rules that I was not a part of. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I know it kind of, kind of bummed me out. But then about a, a week into filming, they were someone, the producers, they were like, hey, can you come help us out and like help make the show? Because maybe because you and Coolio have worked together, maybe you can help like just kind of like work together and help figure everything out. And I was like, great. It was the first time I was ever going to make any money from anything really ever, you know? And I, and I went and I did it and it was super fun. And then those guys that had hired me basically asked me if I wanted to learn how to make reality TV. And I was like, yeah, I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Cause like I was not a reality TV person. I had never watched any of it really at all at that point. Not, not for any reason. I just didn't, I didn't occur to me. And then I just kind of like, you know, you get a job and then someone's like, you want to do this over here? And uh, just kind of snowballed. And it's been 15 years of unrelenting luck. Yeah. We're going to yada, yada, yada the, the, the bulk <laughs> of the, to the, uh, the, the tens for you, all of your time working for The Bachelor. 
mm-hmm. and Bachelor Pad and Bachelor in Paradise and, and all associated spinoffs. What to you really makes a great reality show? Like from everything you've learned from Coolio, from the beaches of Sayulita to Agora Hills, not Malibu. Like what really makes a great reality show? Can't shoot in Malibu on Sundays. Um, I think that Mm. the, I think what makes a really great reality show are characters, human beings who are relatable and surprising. Mm. People that you have enough in common with that you can relate to them and understand them and empathize with them, but not so common that they become predictable. Interesting. So I was watching uh, The One That Got Away, which is on Amazon right now, which is basically people reuniting with exactly what it sounds like. People who got away, like maybe like your neighbor from when you were in high school or someone that you should have gone out with and didn't or didn't work out with them. Like, how do you cast these shows? Like the <laughs> casting of how you got of the one who got away. I was like, how the fuck did they do this? Like, how do you, so how do you identify what type of relationships you think is going to make good TV? And then how do you convince these people to do it? <laughs> no, first of all, you are uh, uh, astute that it was the most complicated and lengthy and difficult casting process I've ever been a part of. I mean, um, it's shocking. <laughs> I can't believe that it happened. Just to say that I kind of can't believe it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm excited to try to do it again. Obviously, if I, if I get the chance. But um, you know, you this has find been too, great... there's been a lot of plugs for Amazon, both the grocery business and the streaming <laughs> business so far. So hopefully, the Whole will. Foods that got away. Um, I think that I think that what you you know I, you meet these people and obviously you you want to get a sense of their lives and different periods. Many of us have different eras. You know, Vince on the one that got away is a great example of like having very distinct different worlds from like you know high school and then college and then his work life and trying to find people in all of those places and and, and obviously using uh, relying on their friends and family. Um, who may have ideas of people that they thought were misconnections and so on and so forth. But yeah, it's a very different experience from any other show uh, from the casting side. And it also led to, I think, really interesting results. When you look at the the Arrivals house, mm-hmm. there's like a real, in my opinion, non, they don't feel like a normal television house. They don't, they're-, they're What do you mean they, by that? They feel- like they're actually discovering the world they're in in real time and also creating it for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's it feels interesting. like they haven't seen this before. Right. There's no uh, rules every, for them yet. Every person was approached by an outsider. There weren't, there's no one that was like, I want to be on this show. Let me mm-hmm. submit myself. They didn't know who the leads were going to be. So everyone is someone who's been reached out to for the first time and really taking a risk and really like there's a, there's a weird, confidence, self-confidence and bravery. And, and it led to just a very different like world. There was no meat. There was no infighting. There was no bickering. There was like, you see like a little bit of like attitude, but like, it's always soft. It's always with love uh, between the arrivals. And I thought that was really interesting. And weirdly the feedback that I've been getting so far People and it makes me happy is that people love how much these these people kind of just support each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a 
I think that we've been trained to think that competition always has to be at its most heightened and that you know, the, the the water has to be boiling at all times and a rolling boil before you can put the cost in. But I actually think that it's nice to get changes of pace. You know, the one that got away is a is a much more, I think, relaxed and soft show. It's also clearly a comedy. Um, there's a portal that is huge and expensive and crazy looking that serves the same purpose as a door. Mm. And... <laughs> It's funny that you bring that up because I was actually going to ask about tone, but I think a, like a a common thread of your work is this idea of comedy. I mean, F-Boy Island has a lot of comedy. It's hosted by a comic. Um, but I think some of your previous work too, like really has the kind of um, wink, wink humor to it. We're like, we're all in on this joke together. How much do you think about tone before you start shooting and or how much of it comes together um, in the edit? I mean, I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot. And, you know, I appreciate you saying that because for me, in all honesty, at least when I, when I have the capacity to be involved in the creation or at least in the early planning, tone is really important for me. And for me, tone is always comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't mean it's not comedy and other things, but that's because, and that's only, you know, so far I've really only done dating shows and horror movies and things like that. (laughs) And Coolio. Very similar. And Coolio. But Coolio's cooking show was 100% comedy. Mm-hmm. Like it was just comedy, comedy, pure comedy. And I think that what I, what the reason for that is I actually think dating is funny. I don't find like. A lot relation- are you married? I am engaged. Okay. I've so been, you're no longer dating. So you can find it funny. I can, but even, but even when I was dating, <laughs> the dates that I would come home and talk about mm-hmm. were the funny ones. If that okay. makes any sense. There was a sad a sad misery kind of funny, a Noah Bomback kind of funny. If that makes any sense. Sure. Yes. Of you course. Know, I, like really I like to say into the absurdity of sure. what we're doing, which is fucking nuts. I think you'll like my life slogan, particularly as it relates to dating. I'd rather have horror stories than zero stories. Yeah, and I think that that's how I don't, I think that's how people come home from dates. Right. Yeah. I think the way, cause I used to date before I didn't have to anymore. And I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but even when I did, I feel like you go on dates knowing that worst case scenario, hopefully you get a funny story out of it. That's right. how you almost talk yourself <laughs> into the impossible act of dating. So sure. dating is fucking awful. Yeah. It's rejection awful. over and over until it's not. But if you find it, if you find the humor in it, if you go, I think that if, if you go there with a sense of like, well, let's see what this nonsense is going to be. I think that that you end up uh, having a good time, even when the date's not good. Sure. Yeah. I, I think that, that's a, definitely true. I mean, I, I thought you were going to say, in my mind, worst case scenario of the date is that it ends. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the, that's, that's the other thing is that like, you know, the one that got away as an example on F-Boy Island 2, um, really trying for me to rethink what what I think a successful relationship is, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And well, really, yeah. Well, what I like about F-Boy Island and some other more recent shows is the stakes are much lower. Like, I like yeah. that, that it's not about, is this forever? But just sort of like, is this something we both want for now? And And like, that makes it a lot more believable, honestly. It's like you can buy into the fun and the humor if you're like, yeah, we're all in this together. It's like looking for a good time. No, totally. I want to do shows. I have shows that I'm working on that are like, do you want to hang out for three weeks as the eventual 
you know, next step. And, and honestly, I love that because I think that successful relationships don't have to be long. Sure. I think that relationships can change you and affect you and move you. And I think that ex- having, you know, the one that got away intentionally doesn't have a location, even though I'm sure you recognized it. You know, when we were there in person, we actually referred to it as lacuna at all times. <laughs> um, based on, you know, the, the, the word that means an unwritten page in a book or a missing part of a story. <laughs> and because we were telling a story that was there, it was here and we we're together. And whatever happens here is what we're focusing on. What happens outside? Great. Hope that works. Good luck. That's not the show. The show is about having the experience that we're having, not about changing the world. Right, right. Um, on the topic of tone, another thing that I have just kind of noticed in my own watching of reality TV, I feel like with streaming with the streamers versus network TV, tone is even more important because all these networks are still kind of defining what unscripted means for them. Is that something that you discuss with the network or, you know, the platform or is it part of the pitch at this point? I think that it's definitely an endless conversation with Mm -hmm. every network and streamer, which it should be because it's like, it's kind of the beginning of everything. I think that for better or for worse, there's like a little bit these days of you kind of know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. If you hire me to make a show, (laughs) you know, like you're probably going to get something a little bit wacky. You're probably going to get someone insisting on a Rick and Morty looking portal, even though it's not actually really that relevant. I, you know, I, did you, I, I, I think, yeah. did you ever watch, um, are you the one on MTV? I've never seen it, but I've, I actually am very interested in, because I've well, heard a lot of interesting stories. The first season of it had, oh, they still had it, but in the first season they had the truth booth, which was like brand new. Mm-hmm. And it was like basically a really, it was just like a telephone booth with like a, of the really fancy iPad and a good graphics package where like it would tell you if you guys were the match or not, it, not mm-hmm. it was the, the truth booth. And it was very similar where it was like, this is an iPad and you're in a room and you're going to touch it. And then like lots of fancy graphics and laser lights and whatever. And it's a truth booth. And it's, it's kind of similar. Like, you know, it just says the thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's just sort of like creating this. Uh, I feel like with dating shows in particular, creating some kind of um, like celestial body, like that there's some kind yeah. of like, some kind of uh, whether and whether that's like Nikki Glazer as the host or you know something like just something else like that there's like someone or something that will like cut to the core of like should is this right or not and it's really funny that like you know it might be a portal or maybe it's a truth booth again or like maybe it's like a person who seems to be imbued with like so much wisdom but it's really just all TV contrivances but yet. They're essential to making the show. (laughs) Well, I think you want to like, you want to define like for me, what separates F boy from other shows is the mansplain Mm. as an example. Like I think it's a, it's a use of a old reality trope that exists basically everywhere. The reunion show and putting it in the middle of the series at the end, but still in, in the center so that Mm -hmm. you can really lean in. So like try to find a distinct characteristic because there's so many dating shows and frankly a lot of them are really really good yeah and having a thing like i love watching dating shows i love watching relationship shows and i learn a lot from them i also have no it's so funny because like i watch 90 day fiance religiously i have no idea how it's made or what it is (laughs) and i'm 
And I don't want to know. I love living as a stupid observer and I watch it. And I just, I started watching before the 90 days. I'm losing my mind now. Well, you're not alone, my friend. 90 Day Fiance and Below Deck are the two shows that you could watch every week of the year. And so it's, it is a really voluminous. I was, I was actually curious what you think if you, about Love is Blind, if you watched that. Uh, I watched a little bit of the first season. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it because I thought it had a really, really clean um, premise. I thought it was really clean. I thought they took something that a lot of people have thought and just kind of funneled it into this really beautiful format. Um, I, didn't, I didn't hang on all the way through. Um, and I think it was, just, it was just because I was so much more interested in the, in the format than mm-hmm. I was in the individuals. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I also like I have an easier time watching relationship shows because I have no understanding of how they're made. Whereas (laughs) dating shows, I think a little bit, I feel like I might be a little behind the curtain. Interesting. I I smush those together, but that's a great point. Like a relationship show is like it's already formed, right? Where a dating show is your dating. And that's why the one that got away was so fun for me is that it was kind of in the middle. I didn't really know how to do it because all these people weren't meeting i've only ever met people that are meeting for the first time Mm -hmm. so here's all these people that are not meeting for the first time that have history and trying to figure out how to unpack that that data for the viewer but also for each other and what it means and you know everyone comes in with preconceived notions which makes these dates so much more pointed than just getting to know you and i thought that was really interesting and just i know this is just going back a tiny second to like tone but um it was interesting that the one that got away doesn't have a structure like basically most shows sure. where every episode begins and ends in a different place. And that's an exciting thing that the streamers, I think, are able to, to, to feel more emboldened to allow, which is like the one that got away to me, we treated like a 10 hour melodrama. Right. You interesting. Know, comedy, obviously, but we didn't have a any kind of like, you know, we have the, the, F, the F-boy elimination. We don't have like standard eliminations. All conversations were person to person, one on one. And so you couldn't count on like the big sweeping music to get you out of the thing to the next week, which we do on F-boy Island. Right. Um, so it was just really, it was one of those, I love it when I'm terrified. And it was terrifying. <laughs> like, is there a cliffhanger here? I don't know. Maybe. Did anything interesting happen? That's um, so interesting. So when do you intervene? Like, when do you feel like, I'm not sure this is going, I'm not sure there's a story here. Like we need to ask people questions or we need to have some kind of, you know, invisible, literally some invisible hand push a button to like create a story. Like when do you know to do that? It's, it's funny. Cause it's, it's, it's almost the opposite. I think of what you would expect mm-hmm. because dating shows have been so prevalent in dating culture for so long now. I mean, since I was in high school, there have been dating shows like this on the air. And so dating shows were have been informed by how people date in the real world. And then people's view of dating in the real world is informed by dating shows. Mm-hmm. And then people that have learned about dating from dating shows in the real world come on to dating shows. And so there's a, in, in many ways, the thing that's the hardest to do is to try to get people to be themselves. Because there's a, there's a, so many people have seen so many dating shows. By the time they sit down at that table, they look over at someone 
And they think that they're supposed to dive into a story told in a certain way because that's how people on dating shows act. Right. That's so interesting. Um, and so people so just playing a part, essentially. It. Yeah, they, you see that, you see I, I that a lot. They do it so naturally that sometimes, you, like more than anything, I find myself being like, can everyone just have some fun for a second? <laughs> the stakes aren't that high. Um, but also what I try to do in, in our shows that, that I think make them make them a little bit unique is going like, okay, so this isn't really making sense. Okay. F- fine. You know, what happens with, with Ashley in the one that got away was not anything that I really think any of us anticipated. It didn't really answer the question the show was asking. It didn't really fit into the format at all. We didn't really, like, we didn't have the cameras. You saw the, their goodbye was like, you barely notice it. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have a camera. And it was like, okay, well, I think part of the new thing for me is like, well, that's life. Mm -hmm. Life doesn't always make sense. Sometimes it's fucking weird. And sometimes people just do things you don't understand. And people have a hard time understanding that people act out of character all the time. (laughs) Like it's impossible. You can't actually predict every move. You can't. And and weirdly, if you could, you'd be making a terrible show. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. having been around, having watched a thousand dates in my life, I don't have any ideas. I got nothing. But <laughs> if I get the hell out of the way, people are interesting. They're fascinating. They have conversations that I could never in a million years have expected. And in some way, by being significantly less hands on, and having fewer expectations, I think you end up with weirder storylines. And I just really want to lean into weird at mm. this point in my career because I think people are weird because I'm weird and dating is weird. I'm super anyway, weird. Let's too. just be fucking weird. Why can't we be weird? Why do we have to make sense? I'm with you. So, what do you think is like the most important question to ask someone you might cast on one of your shows? So, it's really. Uh, okay, this is a trade secret, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Oh my god, exciting! Um, but you can't tell anybody. Okay, it's between um, us <laughs> and three listeners of this show. Okay, all the list. So here's the thing: is that any question that you think might be important in the casting process of a dating show is inherently useless. Mm. Okay, um, people's dating history. Uh, people's desires, people's relationship with their family. Um, those are all, those are all the, the, the building blocks that make up some of a person, right? In the, mm-hmm. in, the, in the context. What really matters is how they answer questions that they're not expecting. Like, um, I, like what would you I have for your ask, last meal? I'd go even weirder than that. I'd go like a good starting point for me is like, you can be any serial mascot and you can date any other serial mascot who are you and who are you asking out wow that's a great one i love it thank you and the reason is it's a lot less about facts facts Mm -hmm. are not particularly interesting but about like are we going to have some fun right like well Are, are you playing the game here are you are you creative do you have a sense of humor about yourself you know and, and, and some people take those questions really seriously. And that's interesting. 
And some people go like, some people look at me and go like, the fuck kind of question is that? What the <laughs> fuck are you to, what are you, you get paid to do this for a living? And that's a good answer too. It's having, you know, it's always so important as I'm sure you know, as a viewer and as a consumer and as an expert in the field, an effusive person saying nothing is more interesting than a stone-faced person saying something very important. Yeah, totally. It's, so it's not really what you not, say, it's how you say it. It's it's how you say it. It's are you engaging and are you enjoying yourself? Because the way you are when you ask a question like that is more important to how you're going to be on a date than if you have a close relationship with your family or if you want kids. Those right. are irrelevant to me because those will all, you'll have those conversations on your dates. Right. And you'll have those conversations with your mates. Will your conversation also be fun and interesting to watch? And will the other person laugh? That's what I care about. Right. That's so fascinating. That I mean, I think that comes through very clearly on FBoy Island. I was watching, um, this is a very mild spoiler, I was watching the first episode of season two and the three women asked the men to like, do like strut basically for them, like act like they're like models. Walk. What's that called? Do a catwalk. catwalk. Like, yes. And so many of them did the like weird fishing thing as if they I were know. like being rowed in or like, ho- like, re- like reeled in on a fishing line. And that's something my friends and I used to do like as a joke when we were like preteens or young teens. <laughs> and I was like, these guys are doing this to impress women in, you know, when they're adults. And I was like, what the fuck? And then there's just one guy who really, his story, hard to believe. And I was just like, who are these maniacs? But now I know you find them by being like, if you could only do one dance move, what would it be? I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you, it's, they're never, you know, they weren't prepared for that. Here's a, here's a funny thing, right? They weren't prepared for that. And you would think that we would go around and be like, okay, guys, it's time to do your dance move. Everyone come up with something different. And instead, we just didn't. And it ended up being funnier that a lot of them did the same moves. Oh, my God. I was like, they do just, you all do this? Or do you just like power suggestion? I, I just had so many questions. It's, um, it's a lot of laying back and letting the, the wackiness do its thing. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, as a longtime producer, What's your response when people blame and edit for how they come off or seeing their behavior? Uh, I, I totally understand that point of view, and I would do the same. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> like it, it's, listen, sometimes an edit makes you a little better than you are mm-hmm. as a person. Sometimes it makes you a little worse. 
Um, and if I, if I looked worse than I thought I was, I would blame the edit. And I, I totally get that. I think that's mm-hmm. very normal. It's very and compassionate of you. You come on the show and you know that you're going to be condensed no matter right. what. You, you're going to be condensed. You're going, it's, there's going to be a monolithic approach to you in, in some ways. And, you know, I think that, that there's, there's a, as much a likelihood as you might think that's a good representation of who you are in totality or not. But I think that, I think that, I think it's important to remember, at least for me as a consumer and as a producer, that just because someone acts a certain way in a situation doesn't mean it's who they are. Right. And I think a lot of people look at, uh, you know, a situation like a dating show is a hyper complex, high stress, high pressure situation. And if you act a little bit weird in that situation, that's not strange. If you act a little bit outside of your norm, that's not strange. You're not in your normal world. You're not occupying the world that we all occupy. So if you acted normally, that might be even more bizarre. And I think that it's, I just feel like it's so often where I look at people on the shows, either if I'm producing or if I'm not, and I go like, that person may come off like a total asshole right now. It totally makes sense within the confines of the experience. It doesn't mean they're not a good person or not an interesting person or not an empathetic person. Everyone's not at their best when they've just been dumped. Everyone's not at their best. And I think that that's normal. And I think you could say that the show is responsible for putting them in an abnormal situation that causes them to have seemingly abnormal reactions. So I, I think it's totally like... Sometimes it's an excuse. Sometimes it's totally accurate. Yeah. I I think that's a really, really generous way of looking at it. It's interesting. It feels, it, you know, I, we cover such a wide range of shows here. On Survivor, I think like hardcore players are like very aware of what the edit means. And there's something called Edgic as it relates to um, Survivor, which is about like the editing magic Got or it. whatever. And then... Um, housewives particularly complain about their edits quite a bit, which is funny because the point of that show is to capture these women in their like extreme lifestyles or whatever. Um, (laughs) but I think with dating shows, you know, everyone has regrets over their behavior in dating. So it's kind of, it's, it's also true to life. And there is very much like, who are you asking? Um, but you know, I, I just think that's such an interesting and honestly kind answer. I, 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 do you take that into account as you're shooting? Like, do you look at dailies while you're shooting? I have so much, I am so curious about how it works. I've never, I've never looked at dailies. It's just not, we're always going. So it's not really part of the process. So what you experience in real life is what you're, what you go off of. Um, at least in my world, I'm sure there's other people that do things differently. Um, I think that it's just one of those things where I, it's really brave to go on a reality show. I agree. It's really, really brave. And I think that I think that most people are happy with the experience. I think most people are. And I think some people aren't. And I think that that's reasonable. Um, You know, I just I have a lot of for better or for worse. Like, I understand. I, I feel like I understand why people see it the way they see it. And I don't, you know, there's, there's no question that, you know, you put music behind someone, it changes the tonality of the thing they're saying. And to pretend that that's not the case 
isn't true. I, I just, I always try to remind people that it is in fact entertainment, right? right. It's not a documentary. Yeah, you agreed, you agreed to be part it's of it. It's not a documentary. Show. And, and it's, it should be something that's fun, if that makes any sense. Sure. Like, yeah, of course. Like, of course. I, I feel like a lot of the, my favorite, you know, classic reality show villains are people that are loving every fucking second of it. Like, <laughs> yes, I agree. You know, that, that's fun. That. And they may not know how crazy it's going to be when, in fact, it comes out. But I find that I find that most people learn a lot about themselves in the experience and the experience outweighs the outcome most of the time. Mm-hmm. Make a lot of friends. Um, what do you... How much do you read fan reaction? For example, I'm specifically interested in with F-Boy Island. Again, mild spoiler. This isn't the first 10 minutes of episode one, so I think it's fair game. Last season, season one, I was like very... By the way, very invested in F-Boy Island. I saw Casey on the street shortly after the season, and I was like incredibly excited. It, and he was just like isn't walking he around Midtown Oh my God, he's so hot. He's I'm embarrassed so by it. Hot. No, he's like, I remember the first time I saw him in person. <laughs> he is so hot, it's like upsetting. It's, oh yeah, I was going to say it's obscene. It's like, it's like Tyler Cameron levels for yeah. me. It's like a different, yeah, it's like I, that magnetism of like, how have you not been discovered yet? How are you just out in the and world? And he's just like, like how so did, nice and friendly. And it's just like, yeah. he's got, he's got the Kavorka. That's what I'm looking for. Oh I'm God. always looking for the Kavorka. <laughs> How do you identify it? You just get a feeling. You see a person, you meet mm-hmm. a person, and they say a thing, and you just watch everyone in the room. Their face lights up, and it's just this magical thing. Casey, like Tyler, had the real, like, I speak with so much confidence yeah. because I've been gotten been dealt a great hand by this world <laughs> that like everyone just like wants to be around them. It's it's a real tall white guy thing. I don't know I, if you find it. I know what you mean. Necessarily other types of people. Although I do think that people who are like physically gifted, like athletes have just carry themselves differently. It's not the same as the Kavorka you're talking about, but it's like a different kind of presence that is also has a gravitational effect. No, I, I, I know there's a, there's a weird confidence that I don't have that I'm so attracted to. And most people that go, I just want to see how they interact with the world. Cause it's, alien to me. So different. Right? Yeah, like, totally. Like I meet people and I'm like, hi, how are you? Like <laughs> I'm like super shy in person. And um and watching these people just like float confidently through a room. It's like fucking magic to me. I know. So Casey was just like on Ninth Avenue, like 55th Street. I think he was lost. I was just like, what are you doing here? You belong in California and only California. But anyway, he was really hot. But at the end of F Boy Island season one, there's a big twist, which is that uh, the F Boy chooses the money over the girl, thinking he's going to get the money, and then it turns out the money is going to charity. And there was a lot of uproar over yes. this, like a lot, because people, viewers, I didn't feel this way. Viewers were angry that the rules under which everyone had been operating were violated, because reality shows are very much a closed system. Yeah, and then. In the beginning of season two, Nikki Glazer, as part of her introduction to the season and the preamble, explains if the F boy once again chooses the money, this time he will actually keep it. So my right. question is, why did you change the rules? And did you always plan to give the money to charity? And how much did the uproar impact how you thought about season two? 
That was three questions. I'm very sorry. No. So I, I listen to a lot of user feedback. Mm. Uh, I take it all with a grain of salt. So like anything that's like, I, I always tell people, Anything that's a compliment, you have to ignore because then you have mm-hmm. to pay attention to the insults also. Um, sure. So I just kind of ignore all of that, all the all the ones and twos and threes. It's like looking at a Yelp score. You know, I read the three and four star reviews. Those are the ones that are fascinating to me. And a lot of people had really strong feelings about that. That was, in fact, always the plan for season one. Um, Interesting. It was not something we changed in the moment. We simply decided that it'd be more interesting to reveal the stages of the game as it went. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much you've seen season two, um, but we continue to do that. That rule that we change back for the audience because they want it, and that's important to give the audience what they want, stays in place. Um, interesting. Other things happen that we come up okay. with. Um, and we spent a lot of time trying to find ways to... Um, both satisfy, but also aggravate the audience. <laughs> and why do you want that? Is it to elicit a big reaction? Is it to keep people guessing? Why, do you, what is the, why would you want to aggravate the audience? Because I think that it's fun to be surprised. That's mm. all. I think that there is, you know, reality shows, in my experience, are based more on tension than they are on surprise. What's fun is to be, to have the gun under the table, right? And to like, wait to see what happens when those two people finally meet. That's why when two people are about to break up, you always see one of them talking about how they're about to break up and the other person talking about how they're so happy and they want to be with this person forever, right? That's very, very classic. And it's great storytelling, but there's, it's all about tension, not surprise. And so we try to find little moments when the, audience gets lulled into believing they know what's going to happen next and just kind of perk them up. It's an old, uh, in, in, um, in food, going back to that, you know, when uh, El Bui existed back in the early 2000s, there was a dish on their menu that was just a, a, a kind of like a ball of smoke that was supposed to kind of alert you and jar you okay. up into existence again. Because people, <laughs> I think viewers, become complacent at, at, because we train them to watch the same things over and over again. And by once in a while infusing a giant bomb in the middle of the room, it lets people be more active. Mm. Interesting. And so on the flip side... How much do you listen to your cast? Like if someone comes to you and like Sarah, who got strung along by Garrett. I don't know if she was happy. She didn't seem happy during season one. I don't think Sarah had a good experience, but I I haven't kept up with her, so I don't know. But if someone in the cast on either side, a lead or a contestant is like struggling, what is your response to that? Like, how do you work with them? I mean, I think the the key is always that you're you're never going to, you're never going to satisfy everyone. Um, Mm. there, and especially in a competition show, in the dating show, there is no world where everything can work out for everybody. But I think what you, what I try to do and what, you know, even on on F-Boy, I'm not even the showrunner, you know? Um, and we have a really, really strong team. What we always talk about is just listen and try your best to solve the problems to the best of your ability and be honest about what's possible and what isn't, you know? Mm -hmm. What we always like to say is like, 
sometimes will tell you that we can't do that, whatever it is you want, for whatever reason. And sometimes we'll tell you that we can't tell you what's going to happen next, for example. Uh, we try to just we try to keep a really open line of communication. But again, you know, it's like a it's like a game show. If everyone's competing for a hundred thousand dollars in the end, you can't make everyone happy or else everyone would a hundred thousand right. dollars. But you right. do try really, really hard because they are, you know, our our contestants, our participants, they're our partners in making it. It's a we work hand in hand. And I think there's a lot of win-wins available if you do your best. Never gonna please everyone 100% of the time, but you try your best to make sure that they have a chance to express what they're interested in and give them opportunities that they want. And then also have to have the realization of the conversation that if someone just isn't into you, there's nothing we can do. And if someone is into you and you're not into them, you got to have that conversation because you came on a dating show. It's not going to be. And I, we always say like, there are going to be days that are not fun. You're going to be tired. It's going to be long. Like, yeah, you're going to have amazing stuff too. It's a, it's a, it's the entire panoply of emotions put into 14 fucking shoot days. And it's, it's intense. It's crazy. Is that the length of Epoi Island? 14 days? Island shoots over about 25 to 30 days. Oh, okay. That seems Um, more normal. 14 is very compressed. 14 is, I mean, the one that got away shot in three weeks. Wow. All right. But even 21, I feel like that's better. Does the cast get off days? Um, On some shows, we try to do, we try to do on my shows Sundays off for cast and crew. They still stay there, but like, you know, many shows do seven day weeks. Sometimes we have to, but we try really hard to do like actual, like everyone gets some sleep because you don't get a lot of sleep. Get some sleep, have some food. Roll in some TVs. Let's all watch Legally Blonde and hang out <laughs> off camera and just be people. I'm glad you brought up Legally Blonde. I was going to ask you if you like rom-coms. I Do you like rom-coms? I love rom-coms. Yeah, like what are some of your inspirations from the scripted world? Um, man, I, there's a lot. I like a lot of weird rom-coms. I like As Good As It Gets, which is uh, mm, okay. uh, for That's whatever that reason. Um, it's a little. It's a little bit depressing that movie, but I understand. It's it's very popular. Um, I like Sleepless in just, Seattle, which is also super actually depressing. Um, I don't find that depressing. Sleepless in Seattle is one of my favorite movies. I can really? recite it for you line for line. Yeah, absolutely love it. I absolutely love As it. As I beautiful. watch it now, I feel bad for the guy for Walter. For Walter, yeah. he's just like Bill Pullman, The dude yeah. just has allergies. I have allergies. <laughs> Why am I a piece of shit? I take a well, I take Claritin now. Am I acceptable? That's not, that's, that's not it. The issue is that he's not the one. His his allergy is, you know, part of what makes him endearing, but that's just that's just saying it for them. It's okay. He'll find someone. He's a great guy. Uh, I, mean, I, I would say that I get a lot more when I'm looking at inspiration for these shows. I don't really look to romantic comedies. Um, what do you look to? Horror movies? Horror movies. Yeah. Interesting. Hor- what you- Horror movies. So I assume you love Get Out. Love, love, love Get Out. Um, yeah. I mean, love Hush. Love, love it. I, I, and also, like, I structurally, weirdly look more to things like Station Eleven than I look mm. to romantic comedies. Just because, again, I think that everyone is trained to pull from the same well. Mm-hmm. And I just try to do 
whether it's right or wrong, I'm just always kind of trying to do the opposite. You know, it's a little George Costanza. I'm just trying sure. to do the opposite. Whatever makes sense next, what's the opposite? And let's see if we can make that happen. I like Station Eleven. I loved the book. If you haven't read I it, haven't I really read recommend it. it. Should I read it's it? It's fantastic. Yeah, and it's different enough from the sh- from the show for like, on a, and it's also short enough. That I think on an intellectual level, you'd appreciate the differences. But I'm curious in the TV show Station Eleven, what are the moments that you remember? Like, there are some really sentimental moments and also some really horrifying ones. And I'm curious, like, how that show sticks with you, and then I would then assume impacts your work. So a lot of it is structural, the way they play with time, um, mm. and I think that's something that. I've started doing more and more when I try in, in dating shows. And I have one coming up that I'm not allowed to talk about that has like a full-on almost Kaiser Soze reveal um, playing with flashbacks through the course of an entire season in order to tell the story that's been there the whole time, um, which all just happens in real time and you discover later. Um, this sounds great. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. Um, and who knows if it'll work, you know, again, I've never seen anything like it. We're taking chances and trying some shit. Hopefully people enjoy it. But I think that, you know, I think about more than anything with station 11, the desire to find joy and the human will to persist, right? Mm -hmm. Like that weird, um, attachment people have to their art, that incredibly strong attachment that people have, because I don't really have a strong survival instinct. Like I don't really I always think I, w- I would die quickly yeah, in the zombie oh, apocalypse. It, instantly. Like I don't want to have like I don't want to have kids. It's I don't I'm not like if I don't think the future is good or interesting. Um I, I always <laughs> say I don't want to be a frontiers person. Like I don't want to I don't want to be a survivor. Like I don't want to recolonize. I don't want to colonize Mars or like repopulate oh, the earth. Abs- I don't have I don't have the fortitude for that. No, absolutely like I and it's something that's so funny. People always like, you know oh, you'd be a fun dad because you tell funny stories and you're wacky and you take care. And I like love my dog so much. They go like, you'd be a good dad. And I'm like, I can't talk anyone into thinking this is a good idea. <laughs> this is a well, I, nightmare. I, I wouldn't go that far for myself, <laughs> but I will just say like, I don't want to survive the apocalypse. Like I, I just, that seems too hard. I, I would never have agreed to be a pilgrim. I would never have agreed just get on a boat and hope to find land on the other side. Absolutely not. I'm afraid to get into an Uber. <laughs> Well, that's because you live in LA. Uber in LA sucks. I, it's just the most unpleasant experience. It's, There's no regulation among many other problems. You, you never know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, I had another question for you. This really threw me off, Elon. Um, what's the show you're the most jealous of? What's like the other reality show you're like, damn good idea? Oh, shit. I mean, other than 90 Day Fiance, which is just like so fucking mm-hmm. smart. Um, let me think. That's a great question. Um, like, what do you really enjoy watching as well? So I am a big cooking show fan. Um, I love my favorite show of all time, any genre. Uh, so I'd say the one I'm most jealous of is Joe Schmo. I think Joe Schmo mm. is one of the most interesting. And, and I don't think it should be remade and I don't think it should be rebooted. I think it existed in a time period that made sense for it. But I think it's probably the most brilliant hybridized scripted unscripted show that's ever been made and really fascinating stuff. Um, And as a consumer, I have this incredible love and undying devotion to Iron Chef Japan, the original Mm. one. 
And yeah. it's because, um, and I think about this all the time and I try to apply some, some of it um, to some of our shows, which is it's about honor more than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. in a, like defending your honor. Defend. It's like, I feel the same when I, when I watch like the world cup finals, like there's a, there's an otherworldly desire to win that exists outside of the self. And I, I think that that, I think that that's something that really resonates with me. This strange, like these people who are just normal people, they're just chefs, right? But mm-hmm. they, fall into a situation where suddenly they're representing their family. And there's something about the purity of that. There's no cash prize. There's nothing else. They just want to be good at the thing they're at. And I just find that endlessly watchable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. I mean, there's also something with food shows a really good food show is really impressive because you can't taste the food. It's amazing. And so, yeah. and so the fact that you can be so engaged in the action and the storytelling without having the payoff of eating any of it is, is honestly so incredible. I love Top Chef. I think it is, pre- even when a bad season is good I, and a great season is fantastic. I watched fantastic. the first 10 seasons and I loved every single one of them. I used to, I would go to like when Elon Hall would open a new the oh, Gorbals in downtown LA, I would go to it. Like I'm all about that. I just stopped watching linear TV. Mm, um, interesting. I just okay. don't watch. I, I never, I never watch TV ever. I watch, I watch streaming, um, but I wouldn't even know like where to find it. I'm, I feel like, I feel like I sound like an old guy right now. Did you watch Stranger Things? I no. I watched the first season. There's, there's some dust in this re- more recent season, so you should watch it. It's like the dish you described. I I, I watched the first season and I really I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I think sometimes I'm I'm allergic to things that are overly popular. Mm, I feel I like get there that. isn't room. I like to have an opinion, and sometimes I feel like there isn't room for opinions, and so I'd rather not I, have one. I totally get that. My response is to watch things on a totally different timeline, like mm. or read things on totally different. Like for example, I love to read, and I really liked the first two Sally Rooney books, and then she got really popular, and then she had a third book come out, and I was like, I'm going to wait nine months to read this when no one else wants to talk about it. And so it's like you know carving out your own space. So maybe you should wait six months and then yeah. catch up on Stranger Things. I would, I would do that. I would do yeah. that. I did. I um, was lucky enough to be um, a writer on a show called Midnight Club that comes out in October mm. on Netflix. Oh, amazing. So you're getting film. into scripted too. Yeah. I was a writer on Midnight Mass last year at Netflix Oh wow! and uh, cool. doing a little bit of additional scripted stuff. Amazing. Um, yeah. Very different, different part of the brain. Really. Is that why uh, you are not show running F boy Island? Uh, I think I'm just trying to, I think I'm trying generally speaking to not show run as many shows because I'm a little tired of my own thoughts. Mm. And I think that, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time and having other people take over is exciting and having them put their own spin on it. I think that there's like a little bit of a, like I'm still relatively young, I think, but I think that there's something about planning your own obsolescence that is important. And like, sure. And knowing when, you know, like by the time I'm really, really involved in F-Boy, if F-Boy gets to a season six, I hope I'm not. 
I and I I hope <laughs> I hope that other people are coming up with better things that I wouldn't have thought of, which happens all the time now. You know, Sam Dean and, and Bill Dixon, who are the co-showrunners of season two, came up with tons of shit I never would have even considered that was better than anything I would have come up with. And that's, that's awesome. the greatest part of the creative process. It's for me being surprised the way I want the audience to be surprised. I don't think I realized Bill Dixon had moved over to F-Boy. That's cool. Yeah, he's been with me on all of my shows since Pooch Perfect at the top oh, wow. of uh, 2021. We're, we've known each other for about 10 years. We're old, old, oh, old friends. Oh, that's very cool. He was a, very he's, cool. A, he's a successful stand-up when I met him. Oh. And uh, incredibly funny guy. And... Um, brought his talents over to the unscripted world. That's very cool. Um, Alon, this has been such an incredible delight to talk to you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to find the DM that I sent you a long time ago <laughs> and I'm going to post it to embarrass myself. I could, and then, I could do this. You're incredibly fun to talk to. I could do this for million, million years. That's so nice. I, will, I really appreciate I that. I really mean it. Like <laughs> I generally really dread talking about myself and you've made it into like a really nice human conversation so um thanks that's so nice of i you. really mean it i like, really enjoyed it too well, well, i'll do this back. anytime you want and i want to talk about food with you. let me come on your food i would, show. I would love to i have some food relationship ideas to throw your way so hey well, watch I, out. Uh, i'm very lucky to have two full-time people that work with me in development so uh, if you want a show if you want to make a show <laughs> we have a process anyone that hop in the pool all right, Alon, I might be emailing you. Um, thank you so much to Devin Manzi for producing this episode. And we will be back next week. 